Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Hello everybody and welcome back to the 27th episode of the Believe in the Long Run podcast series. I'm your host Dom Santina, glad to be back with you. And that of course means we have another wonderful guest here on the podcast this week. But before we get into that, we can't help but thank our guest from last week, Vanessa Frazier, for taking time out of her busy training schedule and recovery schedule to come join us on the podcast and have a wonderful interview. And if you have not seen that, go back and check it out on any of your favorite podcast platforms. You can find all of our episodes on any of those platforms, such as Google Play, Spotify, Stitcher, Apple, iTunes, Google Play, and of course, Believe.com, plus many more. And when you're done listening to Vanessa Frazier's podcast, go back and listen to many of the other good podcast episodes that we have had as well. As I mentioned, getting back into the swing of things, we do have some big-time news this week that I want to mention before we introduce our guests, and that is, as we record this, it is the end of September. It is September 30th. Tomorrow, when this comes out, will be October 1st. Well. That means we are just three, count them, three days away from our first and only major marathon here since the pandemic hit. It is going to be limited to pros only, but we are going to have a major marathon run on Sunday. The London Marathon is scheduled to go off, and we have two Americans, as far as I know, there may be more, but two very noteworthy Americans Molly Seidel and Laura Thweet, both heading over to London, getting ready for training. They have been preparing with training and getting ready for the race. I did pull up just a couple things to look at to prep for this podcast episode. And one thing that I saw that was kind of interested, interesting, this was pulled up by BBC News. It says that athletes are going to wear social distancing technology So I was curious, just what are they talking about? So I pulled up the article. You can go to bbcnews.com technology to find this out. But they are going to wear social distancing technology around their neck. It's called the bump device, which makes an audible alert when the person wearing the device is too close to others. They will be worn by 100 elite competitors and 500 event coordinators. This race is going to be 19 laps around a closed course in St. James Park, screened from public view. So we kind of talked about, I think, a couple episodes ago about how it was going to be a private event, no spectators. So it's going to be interesting to see how the runners do with no fans there at all cheering them on. And then 19 laps to do around a park, that would be pretty taxing in my mind. I mean, we talk about the U.S. Olympic Trials Marathon where they did a couple laps in Atlanta, but 19 is quite a lot. And so we'll see how it is. It's just over, I mean, you've calculated 26.2 is the marathon distance. They're doing 19 laps, so it's just over a mile for the each lap so that'll be almost like running on a big track which will be interesting to see how it goes but they're also are offering a non-elite runners 
can run in a virtual version of the event, but only elite runners can run in the actual marathon itself. So I thought that was interesting to kind of talk about the technology, and I'll dive in here just a little bit more as we get off topic. He uses radio frequency technology allowing organizers to track when athletes and staff are within a defined distance of one another. If one tests positive for the virus in subsequent two weeks, those who have been in close proximity will be notified. The device was designed by robotics company Thoris in Northumberland. So kind of interesting to see. You can go on, like I said, bbc.com slash news slash technology to see the bump. Looks like a necklace with a round circle on it. Like the sensor's a circle. So kind of interesting. Might be a little annoying to run with, but we'll see how it goes. We'll see what goes on and hopefully we have a good race this Sunday. Glad to finally get some distance running back in and if we can i will check it out and try to watch it and give you my thoughts when we get back next week the other big thing that i saw was des linden posted on social media today starting for october 1st is that they are announcing a partnership with brooks run des tober which means for the month of october the goal is to run one additional mile every day and des linden is going to be doing this herself so it's to do it with her so example, October 1st, 1 mile, October 2nd, 2 miles, October 3rd, run 3 miles, and so on and so forth up until the end of the month with 31 miles on the final day. Now, obviously when you get to that final month of October, you're going to be running twenty high 20 to low 30 miles every day, which means that's quite a lot. So she also said that there was ways that you could participate but not do the high mileage so one you can do all the miles two you can swap out the miles for kilometers so instead of running 31 miles you could run 31k or three swap the miles for minutes so instead of running 31 miles you run for 31 minutes fourth you could get a team together and share the daily miles to get the total in so let's say you did a team of three so instead of running 31 miles you each ran 10.3 10.3 and you get that 31 in together. Fifth way is committing to doing 31 days of running in a row and don't worry about how long or how far you go. And sixth, swap the running into a different physical activity like bike riding or core routine or push-ups and so on. She goes on to talk about it more so you can go check it out. We'll share it on our social media but I'm going to join in it. I encourage all of you listening on the podcast to go in it and with that being said we're going to transition and this will transition very well into our guest because he has a connection to something that des is connected with and that's our next guest chris collier who originally was from the state of new york then found michigan state he'll tell us about exactly how that happened while he was at Michigan State, he ran cross-country and track, but really fell in love with the steeplechase. He'll talk about that a little bit as well. And then now he's working for the shoe company Brooks and clothing company, and he'll tell us all about his job there, how he got connected with them, and what he does for Brooks. Pretty interesting job. So we will send it over to him now and welcome him to the podcast. Let's welcome Chris Collier. To- On your mark. 
welcome to the podcast. Second <laughs> Thanks thing. Thanks for having me on. No problem. Appreciate it. Uh, second thing. First question is, how did you get started with running? Yeah, so I was thinking about this. Um, it sort of happened because I tried out for the golf team at my high school in freshman year. Um, we had tryouts, and I was always golfing with my buddies, so we all tried out for the team. I ended up getting cut and didn't make the golf team. My parents wanted me to be involved with the sport um, starting high school, and I had a friend on the uh, two buddies on the cross country team, so they were like, "Just go, go run around." And my friend said it was a fun time, um, so that's how I sort of stumbled into running, uh, and specifically the cross country team. So it sort of just happened. Well, it must have worked out pretty well because you eventually found <laughs> your way to Michigan State. How did you end up finding Michigan State? Yeah, that's that's a, it. It also sort of revolves around stumbling into it. Um, I got to, to my senior year, and I wasn't, like, super highly recruited. And, um, I had some goals that I wanted to run, um, and I ended up applying to, to a bunch of schools. And um, Michigan State was one of those schools that was farther away from home and a little bit of a stretch um, in terms of athletics and then also just, like, a life transition. So... Uh, my parents really encouraged me to kind of put some schools out there that were like going to be a challenge, and um, MSU was one, and it, it ended up working out where Coach Trent, um, you know, worked with me, and, and after running certain times, let me come um, as a preferred walk-on. Um, so it's sort of I went from a list of 14 schools I applied to, and Michigan State just ended up standing out, and um, come the springtime, I I said I was going to go. And, go to East Lansing. So it worked out pretty well. Now, did you run track in high school as well or just cross country? Yeah, I ran, I didn't start running. Uh, we had indoor track. So I ran indoor track starting my sophomore year. And then I didn't run outdoor track until my junior year. Uh, in high school, what was your favorite distance to run? Oh man, we, we had like a really fun four by eight team. Uh, so that was probably I definitely am not an 800 runner, but some of my fondest memories are from being on that 4 by 8 It was just super fun. Uh, which one did you like? This can be college or high school or both, combination, yeah. whatever. Which did you like focusing on more, cross-country or track? Yeah, uh, that's a great, kind of a tough question. It was all a blast. I think the steeplechase uh, ended up being my event uh, on the track in college, so... Um, come springtime, it was like, you know, me and my, my steeple partners, like, it's like, let's start doing hurdle drills. And that time of year is like a ton of excitement. Um, so yeah, I guess I would have to say spring track for that steeple. So I'm guessing that would say your favorite college event, obviously, is the steeple then as well? Yes. I, so personally, in participation, steeple, but um, in terms of like watching some of like just the jumps are some of my favorites to watch because watching long jumpers just explode in the pit is, is pretty exciting and pole vault blows my mind too so yeah yeah pole vault's pretty crazy i have to agree yeah yeah uh so are you still currently running i run uh a few days a week uh 
my relationship with running has has gone through its peaks and valleys over the years, especially since graduating. Uh, but uh, I, I trained like decently uh, regular, I guess, uh, post graduation. Did some road races and stuff like that. Uh, but right now I am exploring biking, doing some more hiking, um, stuff like that. So I sort of mix that in with a few runs a week. Okay. So you are currently working for Brooks, right? Is that mm-hmm. okay? How did you get connected with them? Yeah. Um, so I'm currently a tech rep for Brooks uh, in Michigan and Northwest Ohio. Uh, I got connected with them. I was working at um, a local store in Okemos, uh after kind of finishing up my postgrad degree at MSU and. Um, through working at Playmakers in Okemos, I, I heard about this opening um, with Brooks, and the ownership at, at Playmakers was awesome, and, and putting me in, in contact with some people I could pick their brain about the job, <laughs> and uh, sort of went from there, there. So it's actually been, my first day at Brooks was a year ago today, and it's been a pretty exciting year so far. Obviously, there's a lot of things going on uh, in the world of, of running, and then also the real world. Uh, that have, have given us some challenges, but we're persisting and we're doing pretty well. So what exactly does your job entail at Brooks? Yeah, that's a good question. It's, uh, we're pretty flexible, our tech, our tech rep team. Uh, we do a lot of, of what's asked from us, but our job description is to cover uh, national and also local specialty accounts across our territory. So for me, in Michigan and then the Toledo area, I cover... Uh, those national accounts like REI and exporting goods, uh, but then also I call on uh, and interact with uh, like those local stores, like a Hanson's and a Gazelle and Playmakers, and you know those shops kind of all over. And um, with them, I, there's three main interactions that I have with these accounts, and, and the first is just a basic visit. So, like today, I was into a, co- a couple of stores, and um, I, I basically right now I'm calling ahead, and then I. Just, come in and talk shoes and check in with associates and see if I can help with anything. Um, and then the next second uh, interaction is a clinic where this is more of a, a structured, scheduled uh, educational session with associates um, so I can teach them about our product. And then uh, when people have questions for them while they're working, uh, they, can, they can best answer those questions. And then the last and kind of funnest um, uh, uh, part of the job, I guess, uh, is those events. Those are a little slower right now, obviously, but events are like demo runs or kind of brew runs and, and stuff like that. Um, we all go to an account or location and meet up with their, with their runners that come to their store and um, just talk Brooks and hang out and kind of get to know the running community that surrounds those stores. So I, I basically do that um, pretty much every day, I guess. There's a couple of days that we get off, stuff like that, but yeah, that's basically what I do. A lot of driving. Oh, I'm sure. So the uh, run part that you were talking about there at the end, would that be your favorite thing or that you would say about your job? Is those? Yeah, I think uh, that is one of the highlights, and it's. I think that is really like up there on the highlight list just because I get to just like hang out with um, people that like getting together and going for a run. Um, And then sometimes at these events we get to travel 
uh, nationally. And then that's when we hang out. Like we'll go to like major expos, like a Chicago Marathon Expo, and we'll hang out with the whole Tech Rec team and like people from the HQ at Brooks. And just being in that energy is like, super exciting. Like I think you're a cross country coach. Is that correct? Yeah. 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 So I mean, it's just like I miss having that knee energy. Like I'm sure you love and. Um, like being at those events kind of brings that like meat energy back, like kind of a little bit of the giddiness to it. <laughs> yeah, it sounds exciting. That sounds really cool. Yeah. So on the other end of the spectrum, what would be like the toughest part of your job? Oh, uh, um, man. I mean, I guess there are some. The toughest part, or maybe the part that I have to like psych myself up the most for, is just doing like some basic office work, like expense reports and um, checking numbers and stuff like that. It's important stuff, obviously. It kind of guides my my day-to-day, but uh, certainly it's, it's part of the job that's like, okay, you got to sit down at your desk for an hour and hammer this stuff out. <laughs> so, yeah, that's probably the toughest part. Was there any big-name products or any products you want to mention that Brooks released recently that you want to promote or anything? Yeah, so we got some pretty fun stuff coming out. Uh, I think particularly like one of our high-end racing flats, I currently the two just came out, uh, and that one is feels pretty sick uh, and uh, super nice when you're up to speed on it. So that's got some sweet updates. It's gonna last a lot longer than that first version. And, um, we've also got some like run visibility product coming out. That's a pretty good push. I'm sure you'll see that on a bunch on social media, just keeping people visible. This time of year, like running in the dark is not uh, the safest option. So if we can help keep people safe and visible, that's like a big um, kind of social push right now for us with that product launch. All right. Is there a product that you suggest as a rep more than others or that you favorite more? Oh, that's a good question. I mean, so I've been... Yes, probably the Hyperion Tempo is a shoe that I'm like, everyone's got to try it. <laughs> just because I think it's more so, so I guess for me as a rep, I never want to just be like, this is the best product because I work for this brand. I truly feel like, and it's kind of like cliche and cheesy, but like the Hyperion Tempo could be a really great shoe for a bunch of different people. Um, it can handle everyday work, but then also I'm going to sort of utilize it. Um, as a racing flat or like a workout shoe at some point so um yeah i think that shoe's pretty cool but uh yeah i always tell people like try on the shoe makes you feel happy and it feels good on the foot it's gonna like transition into a run it's gonna make you enjoy that run so roll with that you know (laughs) yeah i agree with that so have you always been a brooks guy or if you were you before you came to brooks did you like other brands or I think, yeah, so I mean, I ran in college, like we were a Nike sponsor, so I didn't have a lot of opportunity to branch out during those five years. Mm-hmm. Um, but then once I started working at Playmakers and I graduated and I was like doing my own thing and running stuff and checking out other brands. And yeah, I immediately fell in love with the Ravenna, um, kind of because I liked that lightweight stability type shoe. Um, so I really dug that. And I also got to like wear test at Playmakers a pair of the first pair of like Levitates that came out. And I thought that was super cool. So yeah, when the job opening came at Brooks, it was like, dang, like I like their product and like kind of the energy behind their brand is just super fun and lighthearted. 
while also like trying to make good products. So, um, yeah, with that with that experience of shoes, when the job opened, it was like let's let's do this thing, or at least try to. You know. <laughs> yeah, it sounds like it's a bunch of fun. Uh, yeah. Outside of Brooks, what else do you like to do, or outside of running in general? I know you mentioned hiking and biking a little bit. What else do you like to do? Yeah, uh, biking's been, been fun. Uh, I just got a dog a few months ago. Maybe as the rest of the world has also gotten a dog a few months ago, but uh, that's been super fun. She's a blue healer, uh, so she's really smart and uh, super energetic. So like training her and just going on walks with her has been taking up a bunch of my time. Uh, when I'm driving, I like to explore new music. Um, like podcasts so just kind of i always seem to have some music on so i really like listening and playing music all right and then my final question what is one thing you have taken away from running this one's kind of a tougher one but i've come to like some of the answers i've got so far oh i love it it's uh yeah i can't if you need to think about it for a minute you can no it's great and i honestly i've been trying to over the past few years like piece this together more and more but um running is like a bunch of other people might also think this way it's very much like a meditative uh, activity for me um so in a singular thought like running is a way for me to kind of work through life problems and it sort of teaches me everything about um like handling stress and anxiety um, so just it's a great tool, I guess, uh, is what I've figured out in running over the years. A tool to handle life. <laughs> can be a good uh, stress reliever and escape from all that as well. Yeah, for sure. For sure. It's uh, pretty, pretty helpful. All right. Well, thank you, Chris. I'm totally jealous of your job because it sounds pretty awesome. <laughs> but uh, okay. Thanks for taking time out of your busy schedule to come join us on the podcast. Uh, thank you for having me. I appreciate it. And, uh, maybe we'll talk soon and hope cross-country season goes well for you. Thank you. I appreciate it. All right, Dominic. Thanks. Yep. Once again, we'd like to thank Chris Collier for taking time out of his day and doing his job to come join us on the podcast. I am honestly, as I said it in the interview, kind of jealous of his job it sounds like a really cool job and especially when you get some of those group runs or events going on to be able to join in on those and participate and it sounds like that's a major perk of the job now it's funny how sometimes some of these things line up like i didn't even i just saw the des tober thing and thought that would be cool to mention because i'm going to join in on it and then it just happened that it partners with brooks which is where chris works and then you know, I was thinking earlier while I was writing the script for the podcast that we need to get back to the golden rules of running. I know it feels like it's been forever because we haven't had a couple episodes in a week or so before the Vanessa podcast. And so I just I wanted to make sure we got back to it. And you look at it and guess what rule number 19 is. It's the new shoes, the new shoes rule, which once again goes right along with what Chris is doing in Brooks so funny that all three of these connected but it's replacing your running shoes once they've covered four to five hundred miles running world in their article says before they have even but even before they have that much wear says warren green former running world shoe guru 
If I would have known this, I would have asked Chris this question too. And I'm sure he would agree with it as well because that's what I've heard from most of the shoe experts is to buy a new pair and rotate them for a while. Do not wait until your only pair is trashed. Consider shoes trashed when the spring is gone and the treads have worn out. The exception is a shoe's wear rate can vary depending on the type of shoe, your weight, your foot strike pattern, and the surfaces you run on. One thing that I've also heard is how old the shoe is. Like if you get a shoe on sale, that's because they're older shoes, so they break down easier, which means they may not last as long either. Yes, I also think though, depending on how you run, if you run on your heels, if you run on your toes, if you're a flat-footed runner, and then you look at the different things that you can run on, whether you're running on the trails, you're running on concrete or cement or you're running on grass like it all depends because your shoes obviously going to wear more when you're running on the cement because it's a hard surface it's going to rub more than when you're running on gravel and then it's obviously going to wear more when you run on gravel more than when you run on soft surfaces like sand or grass so all of those play a big factor into which shoes in how fast your shoes are going to wear and where they will wear away on the bottom of your shoe. I mean, if you're a toe runner, your toes are going to wear out faster. If you're a heel striker, your heels are obviously going to wear out faster. And if you're a flat-footed runner, it probably would be the whole shoe, but maybe your midsole of your foot more than any other. So, all things to take into consideration when you are looking at your shoes and seeing how they are wearing away. But yes, I have heard that 400 to 500 miles is the maximum that you should be putting on your shoes before you get some new ones. And I agree with this rule that you should probably rotate the new ones and old ones until you feel like you are ready to go with your new pair. That's not what I do, but it's probably a good suggestion to go for. Well... Guys, it was another good episode. Thanks again, Vanessa, last week for coming on. Thanks, Chris, this week. Hope you guys enjoyed the podcast. thought it was really cool to actually get someone that's working in the industry on the podcast other than a runner. He's a former collegiate and high school runner, but now working in the industry, giving giving you a different perspective. That's going to wrap it up. Uh, make sure you go check out our social media at Believe in the Long Run on Instagram and the Long Run Five on Twitter. We'll post all updates about our podcasts, any guests we're gonna have, or anything else we feel that is important for you to know about. So go check those out. Also go check out our other podcast episodes on whatever podcast platform you're listening to right now. Just scroll down, go check out our previous episodes. We have a lot of good ones. To go check out now and Wooly will see you back here next week with another guest and a recap of the London Marathon so thanks for listening have a good night and we'll talk to you next week thank you for listening to Believe you can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a 5 star rating on your preferred platform check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube